Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Awesome. Amen. God is good. And all the time. God is good. Um, I know I say that pretty much every time I preach, um, but it is 100% true. And it is 100% true 100% of the time. Amen? One, one of the, the first things that the enemy tried to do in the beginning, back in the garden, was to convince Adam and Eve that somehow God was not fully good. He was holding out on them. He was withholding good things from them. And that is a lie from the enemy. Amen? And the enemy continues to try and persuade people that there is something to be found outside of God that is somehow better than what God has. And it is the oldest trick in the book. (laughs) Literally, amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. There is nothing that God does that doesn't have to do with love and truth and kindness. Amen. He's merciful. He's holy. He's mighty. He is everything to us. He's our source. He's our life. He's our strength. Amen. He is everything, amen? (laughs) Just give him praise. God, you are so good. You are so good. You're so better than we think that you are. You're so better than we think that you are. And we just welcome your presence, God. I think your presence is already here, but we welcome your presence into every one of our hearts. And we just say, God, have your way in this place, in my heart. Lord, have your way in my mind. Have your way in my soul. Have your way in my body. Have your way in my will. Have your way in my thoughts. Have your way in my personality. Have your way in every part of me. Lord, I pray for a recalibration this day to true north in Jesus Christ. And I just thank you so much for it, Lord. I thank you that you are the Lord of the breakthrough, God. And I thank you that you have breakthrough for us this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Um, This message is going to be a foundational message that you are probably going to want to share with people. I know there's some people out and traveling and stuff. Um, We're going to want to get the message to them because we are going to continually build off of this message. There's places that I want to go and that I want to teach on that I feel the Lord leading us, but we have to start at step one so that we get there and and stay on the path that God has called us to. Does this make sense? So this is going to be a foundational message. Amen. Um, And those of you who might be wondering, after you hear the message, you might be like, oh my gosh, the junior higher should have heard this message. I'm going to preach it to them directly. So don't worry about it. We're going to talk about it and break it down um, in their language. Um, But there is a lot of confusion in the world. (laughs) Would you agree? There's a lot of confusion in the world. It is easy to feel pushed and pulled and to feel hopeless about it all. Has anyone felt like that from time to time? Like, God, like, what are you going to do? Because there doesn't seem to be any kind of solution. Like, people have just gone crazy, and everybody disagrees with everyone else, and everyone's offended by everybody else. And it's like, how in the heck are we going to do this? And yet the Word of God says that he's going to build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Amen? So God has a solution And that solution is you. 
Someone say, the solution is me. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. He already has the solution. He already has a solution. Now, how many of you have ever been attacked by a gate? (laughs) You just picture these, like, flying gates, like bats, like, oh, I'm getting attacked by a gate. Do gates attack? No. Gates are stationary. So what does that mean, that the gates of hell will not prevail against us? That means, amen, we're going to go into those gates. And when we want badly enough what the enemy has tried to steal and drag into there, when we want it bad enough, those gates will not prevail against us. And we are going to drag people out of hell. Amen. We are going to drag people out of darkness, out of brokenness, out of confusion, and into the light of Christ. Amen. This is the solution, okay? This is the solution. This is God's solution. And he believes in it. And he believes in you. (laughs) Somebody say, God believes in me. Hallelujah. If you are a blood-bought, born-again Christian, you are the bride of Christ, and you are more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hallelujah. Let's go. (laughs) Come on, everybody, say, let's go. (laughs) All right. So the word says in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world. Somebody say, do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Amen? Do not be conformed. Turn your neighbor and say, don't be conformed. <laughs> say, be transformed instead. Okay? God wants us living in freedom and in wholeness. Someone say freedom and wholeness. Freedom and wholeness. But we have to define freedom and wholeness according to the one who created us, who created our bodies, our souls, our spirits, and understands all the inner workings of it all. Amen? We need to sing out to the Lord of creation. Amen? We need to return back to him to find out what is freedom, what is wholeness. Okay? So if we can put on the screen John 18, 37 to 38. This is when Jesus was uh, put before Pontius Pilate, and this is when the accusations came. They're getting ready uh, to put him on the cross, okay? And uh, this is his chat with Pontius Pilate. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Why did Jesus come? to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth, retorted Pilate. What is truth? Okay, now that is the question um, in the world right now. What is truth? What is truth? Let me tell you what truth is not, okay? Truth is not whatever works for you, okay? Because lies can work for you for a time. Amen? But that doesn't make them true. Okay? Um, Truth is not whatever makes people feel good. Because sometimes there can be bad news that is true and it doesn't feel good. Amen? Okay? Y'all with me? Okay? Uh, Truth is not whatever the popular opinion of people is. Whatever the popular opinion of people is. Popular opinion at one time was that the earth was flat. (laughs) Sounds like that's kind of coming back around a little bit. (laughs) 
popular opinion at one time was that mental health issues should be resolved with lobotomy, right? So truth is not popular opinion, amen? Okay, uh, truth is not whatever a person chooses to believe because you can choose to believe a lie and that does not make that lie true, amen? Okay, truth is not relative. Truth is not relative. There is this theory that there are no absolute truths. What is wrong with the statement, there are no absolute truths? What's wrong with that statement? If there are no absolute truths, then what I just told you was a lie. And if that's a lie, then that means that there are absolute truths. Amen? It's, it's circular thinking. It's a paradox. Does this make sense? Okay? Truth is not relative. Um, truth is not uh, what agnostics claim. They claim that no one can know the truth. The truth is no one can know the truth. What is the problem with this way of thinking? It's the same thing. You are trying to cyclically think that this is an absolute truth, that no one can know the truth, but you could not prove that. Amen? Does this make sense? Do you see why the world is confused? Do you see why there's confusion? Okay. <laughs> um, it is also not possible that all truths are valid. That's called pluralism, okay? Now, people get confused with the idea that everyone has equal value. That is true, okay? Everyone has equal value, but that does not make each one of their truths valid. Does this make sense? Okay? The law of contradiction says that two things cannot contradict and be true at the same time. For example, it's not possible for a woman to be pregnant and to not be pregnant at the same time. Does this make sense? So those two truths cannot both be true. Does this make sense? Okay, there was a philosopher that said people who believe this way that multiple truths can be true, they should be uh, beaten and burned until they admit that to be beaten and burned is not the same as to not be beaten and burned. <laughs> it's the law of contradiction. Okay, do you see why people are confused? Amen? Truth is not narrow-minded. Those that stand on truth and claim truth in the word of God and in faith and, and morals and ethics, people say that is narrow-minded. It is not, okay? Truth by nature is narrow, okay? Do you remember the scripture, narrow is the gate. Broad is the way to destruction, narrow is the gate. Pop quiz, what does the Bible mean by gate? Jesus is the door. Jesus is the gate. There is one way to the Father, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? So the truth is narrow, but it is not narrow-minded. Does this make sense? Okay. Is, is a math teacher narrow-minded if they believe that two plus two can only equal four? Man, that's narrow-minded. <laughs> no, it's truth. Amen? Does this make sense? You with me? Okay. Truth is not arrogant. <laughs> People say, oh, that's arrogant, okay? Is the math teacher arrogant for believing that two plus two equals four? Every single time? What about five? What if six feels bad? It doesn't matter. Truth is truth. Does this make sense? Okay? <laughs> okay. Um, is it arrogant for me to tell you that there's only one key that's going to open the door to the church? Is that arrogance? Okay. You can believe with all your heart that you want to try eight other keys to that door, but that door is not going to open. Does this make sense? 
That's not narrow-minded. It's not arrogant. It's truth. Okay? Truth is not mean. People think that having absolute truth excludes people rather than being inclusive, that it's somehow mean. Okay? Now, by nature, truth is exclusive. Two plus two equals four. And I'm sorry, three plus two is not going to equal four. But that's just truth. It's not mean. It's just truth. Amen? Are you all with me? Okay? It's not mean. People think truth is not compassionate of people and their sincerity of how much they believe things. No matter how sincerely someone believes that the wrong key is going to open that door, it will never open for them if they're believing that it's the, a different key. Does this make sense? Okay. Some claim that absolute truth only exists in the realm of science and what can be proved scientifically. Okay. Now, here's the problem with that truth. If you believe that the only things that are true are things that can be proved scientifically, can you prove that statement scientifically? No. And you can't prove things like philosophical things and morals and ethics. Like, how do you prove scientifically that what the Nazis did in the Holocaust is evil? You can't prove it scientifically. Does this make sense? Okay, where is she going with all of this? Some people claim that there are no moral absolutes. But let me ask, most people on the street, is it wrong to torture and kill a five-year-old innocent child? Is that morally wrong? 100%. Where do we get that idea? If we're animals, if everything's random, okay, where do we get that idea from? You cannot prove scientifically why. Does this make sense? Okay. Most people don't want their significant other to cheat on them, okay? Where do we get these morals and ethics from? So I was talking to the Lord about truth because it feels like that's the very thing that is getting attacked in our world. Does this make sense? This is what's throwing people off where people are just like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't even know what's true. I mean, this person wants to live their life that way, and they're happy, and, like, why do I want to mess with that? And, like, this person over here is doing this, but then they think that this is right, but that feels wrong to me, and I don't want to – it's, like, it's really confusing. Does this make sense? Okay. So I asked the Lord, and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to know about truth? And immediately he said, truth is a person. Truth is a person. You have a relationship with truth. And that's why the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the people that don't know who Jesus is. This makes sense? You have relationship with truth. This is not just a mental ascent. Truth has to be believed in the heart, but there's a relationship. Okay? John 14, 6, we can put it up on the screen. People who claim that Jesus was a really wise philosopher and we should follow his teachings, I'm sorry, you cannot go there because he was a nut job. He claimed to be the son of God. If you really think he's just a wise philosopher, it's either he was the son of God or he was a nut job. Does this make sense? Okay, so what he said, John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is it mean to say that? No, because it is true. Because no matter how people try to beat down the door to God and to heaven and to all the good, abundant life that was provided for us, they are never going to get there unless they go through the door of Jesus Christ. 
And it's loving to say that because it is true. Does this make sense? There is a world full of people in bondage and chasing after identity and chasing after the lies of the enemy, and they're not finding it. And then let's talk eternally what we're talking about. It's not just about the abundant life here on earth. That's amazing. But eternally, what is the enemy trying to do to an entire generation? Amen? So truth is a person, and truth is Jesus Christ. Someone say, Jesus is truth. The truth does not change with the times or with the different doctrines of men. If Jesus is truth, then truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Okay? Truth was put on trial over 2,000 years ago where many uh, false accusations came against truth. People hated truth and spat on him. The enemy tried to kill truth forever, but his plan backfired because truth defeated sin and death in the grave and took back the keys of authority from the enemy and gave it back to his church, which is us. Amen? Someone say hallelujah, Jesus. Okay? Truth does not exist without Jesus. This is why the world is confused, because the world is trying to remove Jesus from everything. When you remove Jesus, you remove any sense of anchor to truth. Does this make sense? John 1.17, we can put that up on the screens. Now, this one might ruffle some religious feathers, <laughs> Bring it. John 1:17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Okay? So the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus. Amen. So what does that say about the law of Moses? It is good, it is holy. We could never fulfill it. But truth is not found in what's right and what's wrong. Does this make sense? Do you remember the two trees in the garden? Okay, we're building off that teaching. If you haven't heard the two trees message, go back and listen to it. Um, I couldn't tell you. It's called the two trees. Um, look on the podcast, okay? Um, so in the beginning in the garden, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen? And then over here, we have the tree of life, okay? Which tree does the enemy want us to eat off of? The tree of right and wrong, good and evil. Uh, this is my judgment of you, and this is how I think you're messing up, and this is what I think is good. But wait, no, I think this is good and that that's bad. And if you think that's bad, then you're evil. And right, does it make sense? That's the tree of confusion. That's the tree of self-reliance, and there is not truth on that tree because Jesus Christ came and brought truth, and he is the truth. Amen. So we want to eat from the tree of life, which is Jesus. We just took communion this morning. We ate of the tree of life, and we are one with Christ. If you are a born-again, blood-bought Christian, you are eating from the tree of life, which is Jesus. Amen? Okay. John 15, 26 says, when the advocate comes, we're talking about Holy Spirit. Someone say, Holy Spirit. 
When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. This is Jesus talking, okay? So the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, testifies of Jesus. Does this make sense? Truth testifies of Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father, the only way to abundant life, the only way to eternal life. This is not mean to say this is truth. There is a door that people try to go around. I had a dream about it once. I saw this. It was like this huge, beautiful green grass field and this giant white door and this crowd of people, and they had books in their hands, and they wanted to learn, and they wanted to grow. They even wanted to learn in the things of the Lord, but they were going around the door to make their purchases. And I'm like, you cannot go around the door of Jesus Christ. There is no wisdom to be found outside of Jesus Christ. There's no truth to be found outside of Jesus Christ. In fact, people try and access the supernatural realm without Jesus Christ. And there is a very real supernatural realm, but if you don't go through the door of Jesus Christ, it is occultic, it is witchcraft. Does this make sense? Okay, this is why we don't want to engage with new age and things like that, because that door brings bondage. You open the door to the enemy, and the enemy can come and mess with your life. Okay, now the enemy doesn't have the power to come and just mess with you for no reason. He's looking for agreement. Does this make sense? Just like with Adam and Eve in the garden. He didn't force anything. He got their agreement. Does this make sense? So we want to go through the door of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. People are looking for peace, joy, healing, freedom, love, and identity, but they're rock knocking on all the wrong doors. Those things are only found through the door of Jesus. But that's mean. They think that they're going to find happiness a different way. No, it's not mean <laughs> to tell them the truth because they're wasting a lot of time and energy, and they're getting filled up with more and more bondage. Does this make sense? Any other door is a counterfeit that brings bondage. Now, the reason that people knock on other doors is because they don't truly believe that God is good and that he is not withholding good things from them. That's the root thing, okay? People don't truly believe that God is good. So it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try this door over here, and I'm going to see if I can find some peace over here. Does this make sense? Okay. But they seem so happy choosing that lifestyle or that lifestyle. There might be this kick for a short period of time. You know, a man who just starts an affair is probably looking pretty chipper, right? But destruction is headed for his family. Does this make sense? There's this temporary thing where people try, they get this identity hit, but it's not the real thing. This make sense? Now let's talk about transgender people, okay? This is not a political message. This is a kingdom message. This is a Jesus message. I have so much compassion for people that believe that they can find happiness and peace by changing their gender. They are going about it the wrong way and people have lied to them and the enemy has lied to them. If you could just take these hormones and alter your voice, you'll be happy. And then they take the hormone. If you could just take off this part of your body or those parts of your body, then you will find happiness. And so they do it, and they get mutilated, and there's infections, and there's all these things that nobody talks about the bad side of these things. 
But guess what happens? Did that fix their identity problem? Of course not. Of course not. Because you can only find identity in your creator, in Jesus Christ. Jesus says that the word was in the beginning, okay? The word was in the beginning with God. Jesus was from the beginning. Amen? He was with God. He was creating all these things. God knows how all these things work. And he's like, hey, I did not design you this way. There is bondages and doors that you're going to open to the enemy when you play around with this stuff. Does this make sense? There is a spiritual realm, and that realm of the demonic is not there to make you happy. It's there to kill and to steal and to destroy. Does this make sense? But people are believing a lie. Now, guess what happens? If that is the answer to identity problems, then why is it that when someone transitions, it's the, the number of suicides skyrocket after they transition? If that's the answer, I'm telling you, people are deceived and it's not right. People are deceived. And the suicide rate goes up. It's like a basketball player that gets all the money and all the fame and all the women and they want to go drive off a cliff. It's because they bought the lie that my identity is going to be solved when I have these things. And they come to the end of themselves and it's like, I have everything. Why do I still hate myself? It's because they don't have truth. They don't have Jesus. They don't have the one who designed them, who loves them so much and formed them from their mother's womb. And he's like calling to them. He's just like, I am here. Don't overlook truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is the way. Someone say he's the way. He's the truth. And he is the life. Now, let me talk to you because we are in a grace culture, 100%. I am a die-hard grace preacher, and I do not apologize for it. Ha-ha, okay? <laughs> I do not apologize for it. The gospel of grace is the true gospel. This is what Jesus came to do, and a, a lot of the church has been hoodwinked by the enemy, and they're on a treadmill of trying to work and earn and try to, you know, find their way to Jesus through their own striving, and it doesn't work. It could never, ever work. Does that make sense? Okay. Grace and what Jesus did did not change the nature of sin. Make sense? Okay. Grace and what Jesus did did not change the nature of sin. It paid for it so that we wouldn't have to. This makes sense? Okay. So truth did not change when Jesus came and died on a cross for us. He took our punishment. Amen. Okay? He didn't die on a cross and raise again so that we could continue in sin and dysfunction. Amen? Okay? Um, he came to set the captives free so that we would be free from sin. Amen? Not free to be tangled up in it as much as we want. That is not freedom. Amen? Okay? It's not like he died on the cross because he really wanted us to be able to do these things that make us happy. That's not why he came, okay? <laughs> I was like this close to showing a clip from the movie Billy Madison. <laughs> I, don't, it's, I was like, eh, maybe not. But uh, there's this scene in the movie um, where uh, there's this little boy and he's super embarrassed because he peed his pants. 
and he's like facing the wall, right? And so Adam Sandler comes up and he's like, hey, what's wrong, buddy? And he shows him, he's like, I'm so embarrassed, I peed my pants. He's like, I don't know what to do. And there's this school bus full of kids. And, and so Adam Sandler's like, oh, I know what to do. And he goes and he puts water on his pants too. And he goes and shows the kids. He's like, pee in your pants is the coolest. <laughs> and so the kids are like, what? And he's like, yeah, all the cool kids pee their pants. And so the other kid turns around. They're like, oh, Ernie, he peed his pants too. That's awesome. And then the next scene, you see all the kids and they've all peed their pants. <laughs> so... This is not an endorsement of that movie. I saw that movie before my eyes got saved, and I just can't get it out of my brain. I'm sure many of you have seen it. Um, all that to say, okay, um, th this is how the world approaches things. I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to feel shame. So we're going to celebrate that you peed your pants. And we're going to tell everybody to pee their pants too so that we all don't feel left out. And we're going to call this community. And we're going to call this healing. And we're going to call this belonging. And I'm like, that is not loving. Because there is not truth. What is actually happening to these poor little kids? They've soiled themselves. They're sitting in germs and bacteria. It's harmful for them. They smell bad. People are not going to want to be around them. That is actually not loving. This makes sense? It talks about, you know, the Corinthians love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. It says that love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices with truth. Amen. We want to rejoice in truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Billy Madison preaching. All right. <laughs> we have a generation of people now that celebrate dysfunction, perversion, promiscuity, and they say that that is freedom. They say that that is liberation. And I'm telling you, it is not. <laughs> okay? Women feeling free to just sleep around and stuff like that is not the liberation of women. That is bondage, 100% bondage, okay? Now, at some point, we're going to get into talking about soul ties and how that works, okay? But you are putting yourself in bondage. And then you look at your womb and you say, oh, I feel controlled by the fact that my womb produces life. And I feel controlled by that. So how do we stop that? We jump on another branch of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and say, it's good for me to abort my baby because I need to get further ahead in life. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you in love, that is bondage. You are increasing the bondage. That is not freedom. Amen? Now, if you've had an abortion, I love you. God loves you. In a crowd this size, there is probably many that have. Now, that is what grace is for, okay? It's, it's, you can be fully restored. He restores purity. If that's your story and it's like, oh, man, I've been promiscuous or whatever, he restores purity. He has even restored uh, people's hymens. Um, that's how good God is, okay? That's what his grace is for. But we're not going to tell people that now God is okay with abortion and this is how we deal with life now and call that grace and call that freedom. Does this make sense? Okay. Hallelujah. God wants us to live in freedom and in wholeness. Okay. Freedom and wholeness. Uh, a woman who's sleeping around, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not picking on women because men sleep around, <laughs> okay? That is bondage, 100%. That is bondage, okay? Let's define freedom. Freedom means that you have the choice to choose out of it. 
There are so many people stuck in addictions and traps of pornography and all the different things. And I'm sorry, that is not freedom for you to be able to do those things. It's hard for people to choose out of it. That means you are in bondage. This make sense? Okay. When you are possessed by something, it has taken your choice. It is an automatic thing. God wants people living in freedom and in wholeness. Someone say freedom and wholeness. John 8.32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is truth that makes us free. Amen? Someone say, it's truth that makes me free. Okay? And it's not just truth, but the truth that you know is the truth that makes you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? Okay? God is a loving Father that does not hold out on us. He does not withhold good things from us. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. Amen? Okay? Now, again, I am a grace preacher. If you have fallen, if any of these things are checking boxes for you and you're looking down in shame, I'm like, no shame on you. If you have fallen, you run to the Lord. You don't take a time out. Don't put yourself in time out and say, God doesn't want to look at my face. It's not true. Run to his presence. The only thing that can turn your life around is Jesus, okay? Run to him. He loves you. He's not ashamed of you. He's not embarrassed of you. He's there to help you. Does this make sense? If you have fallen, get back up again, okay? The Bible says the righteous falls down seven times but gets back up again, okay? Now, what I'm trying to make the distinction is that when someone falls down and stays down on the floor and says, hey, everybody, come join me. This is righteousness. This is what I'm trying to uh, help us to discern. Does this make sense? All right. Someone say, God loves me. (laughs) Someone say, God doesn't put me in timeout. He loves to see my face, and he's here to help me (laughs) to walk in freedom and wholeness. Hallelujah. So there's two trees in the garden. Um, Adam and Eve handed over the keys of authority in this world to the enemy through their agreement, through that open door, okay? Um, Again, I want to illustrate to you this tree over here is not the tree that we're supposed to eat from. God said, do not eat this tree. When you eat of this tree, you will die. Amen? Good, evil, right, wrong, judgment, self-reliance. I depend on myself and my own effort, okay? Tree of life is what we're supposed to eat from. This is where we find truth. We can only access the tree of life through connection and relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So we have to make those two distinctions. Now let's go back in the world real quick and look at how everybody's confused. And what I hear over and over and over again is we are in a war between good and evil. We're in a war between good and evil. Even liberals, and I love liberals. Liberals, like everybody needs Jesus. Amen? Okay? We can't look at people in sin and say, oh, stop your sinning. They're sinners. They don't know Jesus. They need Jesus. We need to love them into the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah? But even liberals at this point are saying, whoa, this is not what I signed up for. There's like good and evil is happening, and it's getting kind of wild, and I don't know what to make of it. Amen? Do you agree? Okay. Now, remember, who is the one that wants us to eat from the knowledge of good and evil? The devil. The devil's like, will you please eat from this tree? 
I'm going to entice you and I'm going to seduce you to eat from the tree of good and evil. So then what does that mean about what we're facing in our world? It is not a war between good and evil. It is a war between Christ and Antichrist. Christ and Antichrist. This is what the battle is. Do not be distracted by the fighting and the battles over here about what's right and what's wrong. Now, there are things that are massively important. Politics is important. Policy is important. It has to do with our agreements that we make with the enemy as a nation, as a state. These things are important. Hear me saying, those things are important, okay? But the larger battle and what the enemy is after is Christ versus Antichrist, this is why he's trying to break down truth. This is why he's trying to turn people against each other, even in the church. Because he wants to bring in Antichrist. Okay? Now look at all the religions of the world. Does anybody have a problem with Buddha? Or with Shiva? Or Vishnu? Or Ganesh? Nobody has a problem with Allah. They actually, they don't care if you say God. They don't care if you say Jehovah. But when you say Jesus Christ, offense immediately comes. Why? Because it's Christ and Antichrist. There are two categories of spirits in this world. The Bible talks about it. I'm ahead of myself. That there's two categories of spirits. There's two kingdoms. There's no middle ground. Somebody say there's no middle ground. There is the kingdom of our God, and there's the kingdom of darkness. Amen? And the Lord says, test the spirits. And if there is a spirit that denies Jesus, that is the spirit of Antichrist. Okay? Antichrist means against Christ. Okay? Why? Because Jesus is our life. Jesus is everything. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the lamb. He's the one that, that the enemy hates. He wants us separated from him. Amen? If Jesus was a fictional character, then why do people get so upset when you talk about Jesus? Why? We could talk about Venus. We could talk about Zeus. Oh, I believe in this and that, whatever. It's like, nope. When you talk about Jesus, hey, why is that? Because Jesus is truth, and we all have a relationship with truth. And we are either shoving it away or we are embracing it. That's why people get angry, because it's a relationship. Amen? His word has been written on all of our hearts. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, 1 Peter 2, 7 through 8 says, This precious value then is for you who believe, but for unbelievers, a stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. Someone say chief cornerstone. And <laughs> a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this they were also appointed. Okay? So the Bible says Jesus is the chief cornerstone. We're like, amen, hallelujah. And it says, and he is a stumbling block and a rock of offense. When was the last time you heard a, a, a hymn? You are my rock of offense. <laughs> you are my stumbling rock. Okay. The, the reason he's a stumbling point is because you can't get around Jesus. Right? 
You cannot, in your unbelief, say, I'm going to access truth. You're going to bump into Jesus, and you're either going to get crushed by him, or you're going to embrace him and find true life. Amen? He brings offense. (laughs) He brings offense. And so you, by nature, being Christians, meaning followers of Christ, you are going to bring offense to people. And I'm so sorry to tell you, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to be happy with the message that you preach. Not everybody's going to be happy when you evangelize on the streets. Not everybody's going to be happy when you stand up for truth. And it's because they hated him, and so they hate you. Jesus warned us of this. Amen? But he shows up, and we are the ones that are going to go and drag people out of hell. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. Amen? God's increasing boldness today, and he's increasing courage today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My rock of offense. (laughs) He's the chief cornerstone. This means that anything we build on in the church has to be built on Jesus. Everything has to be modeled after him. There are churches that are starting to preach that abortion is okay. There are churches that are starting to preach that it's okay to have a homosexual lifestyle and that God loves and approves of that. And again, I love you. I love the people that are in deception, but that is not truth. You are starting to build things on top of the cornerstone, and it's not going to stand. Amen? We have to build everything on Jesus, not modeled after culture and what people find pleasing or relevant. In fact, our nation was founded on the chief cornerstone. Amen? Our nation was founded on the chief cornerstone. Now, the enemy is working really hard to try and erase that cornerstone even from our history. Amen? Now, I'm going to backtrack for a second. In the Old Testament, over and over and over, you see, what is it that God is always telling the children of Israel? I am the Lord your God who delivered you out of Egypt, out of bondage and slavery. Over and over again, he sees that. Look all through the Old Testament. He says it over and over and over again. Why does he say that? Because every five seconds you see them erect a golden calf and say, this golden calf, this is what brought us out of slavery. This is what brought us out of Egypt, right? What does a golden calf represent? Calf is a a work animal. A cow is a work animal. My works, my striving, and I'm going to pave that in gold and call it righteousness. My striving is what brought me out of the land of Egypt. And in their pride, they reject the fact that God brought them out supernaturally. Does this make sense? I'm telling you the same thing is happening in our country. Where it was built on this cornerstone of Jesus. And look at the blessing and look at the land of plenty and how amazing our country has been. And now people are trying to chip away that cornerstone and say, you know what? No, we're here because we're amazing. And now we're going to rebuild the foundation on our knowledge of good things and bad things because our morality has changed. Do you see the problem with that? Amen? Okay. I'm going to give you a little pop quiz, history lesson, pop quiz, civics test. Okay. Is our country a democracy? (laughs) Good job. Come on, A plus. Okay. I hear this over and over and over again. This is a democracy. This is a a democracy last time I checked. I'm sorry. No, it's not. Okay. It is a republic. Now, what is the difference between a democracy and a republic? A democracy means majority vote. Okay. 
Democracy means we are based on something moral and the compass is already there. It's built on the Constitution. Does that make sense? So there are certain things that we cannot vote out. Does that make sense? Democracy means 75% of the people say that murder is okay now means murder is going to be okay now. Does this make sense? It's a good thing that we are a republic. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Again, this is not a political message. This is a kingdom message. Go read your Old Testament and watch how history repeats. Amen? He is the one that delivered us. He's the one that gave us this amazing nation. People were led by Holy Spirit. Amen? When they designed the Constitution, okay? And people in, in pride are trying to say, we built this great nation, our sense of morals. We don't want to do that. Amen? Hallelujah. We need revival and we need awakening. Revival is for the church because how can you be revived if you were never once alive? Does it make sense? Okay, the church needs revival, and we need awakening. Awakening is for those that have never known Jesus, okay? This is not a political awakening. This is not about a, a, a political movement or a political person. That is not going to change things. Those things are massively important. Please hear me say, massively, massively important. But we can put righteous laws in place. The problem is that a mama wants to kill her baby in the womb. And the law being changed is not going to help that problem. Does that make sense? Again, I love you so much. If that's something that you've done, there is no shame on you. God has forgiveness for you. Give that to the Lord, and he's going to restore you. He loves you so, so, so much. Okay? But that is the problem that we need Jesus for. We need revival. We need people to come to Jesus by the billions. Amen? And he's going to do it. Amen? But we're not going to sit back passively and wait because he's partnering with us. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Discernment in this hour is necessary. Even in the armor of God, we need to put on the belt of truth. Someone say belt of truth. So what is the future of our nation? I really feel like a lot of that is, is going to depend on how we proceed. Are we going to pray? Are we going to partner with God? You know, all, all of these things. Are we going to choose um, to, to enter into revival? Are we going to choose to enter into the harvest and bring people to Jesus? Amen. Um, we, we really need to get serious about the call of God in our lives. Amen. If you're called to the marketplace, go in, prayed up, armed in the spirit, ready to bring the kingdom. Okay? Can I just, can I just officially draft you all into the Lord's army right now? <laughs> you guys remember the Sunday school song? I'm in the Lord's army. Right? There was a time that we thought the only valid callings were if you were called to preach from a platform. Okay? I'm telling you, there is no secular calling. Okay? There's no secular calling. If God has called you to the marketplace, then do it. Pray it up. Ready to bring the kingdom. Amen? Okay? If he's called you to government, go in, prayed up, armed in the spirit, ready to bring the kingdom. Amen? If he's called you to education, go in, prayed up, armed in the spirit, ready to bring the kingdom. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
There's no secular callings. If you're called to the medical field, go in, prayed up, armed in the spirit, ready to bring the kingdom. If you're called to build family and your household, go in, prayed up, armed in the spirit, ready to bring the kingdom. It's no lesser of a calling, amen? If you're called to the media, go in, prayed up, armed in the spirit, ready to bring the kingdom. If you're called to arts and entertainment, go in, prayed up, armed in the spirit, ready to bring the kingdom, amen? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for just a second. <laughs> okay, so we're going to read this uh, scripture, and we're, we're, closing, we're closing here. So, uh, yeah, we're going to read this scripture. Romans 1, 18 to 32. Romans 1, 18 to 32. This is a long one, so buckle up. So turn your neighbor and say, buckle up. But it's good. Okay, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their reasonings and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible mankind of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them up to vile impurity in the lusts of their hearts so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for falsehood and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for that which is contrary to nature. And likewise, the men, too, abandoned natural relations with women and burned in their desire toward one another, males with males committing shameful acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error." And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a depraved mind to do those things that are not proper, people having been filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unfeeling, and unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Okay? Does that sound familiar? It's, it's sobering, right? But I'm here to tell you good news. Jesus came to solve that problem. Amen? And if you find yourself looking at that list and going, oh, gosh, oh, I, yeah, I've, I've been in confusion. I've been doing this and I've been doing that. I've got good news for you. Jesus came and died on a cross to set you free from all of that junk. Amen? 
He loves you so much. If it was for only you, he would have died for only you. Let's all close our eyes and, and just bow our heads. Jesus, I just thank you so much, God. You are so good. You are so true. You are so righteous. You are so holy. There is no one holy, God, but you and what you've given us. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for your truth. And we honor you. We honor you, God. And we thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for us, God. Lord, that all those things, Lord, that you can cleanse all those things from us, Lord. You can remove the shame and the reproach, God. And you can bring your abundant life and give us new life in you and peace and things that we never knew was possible when we were chasing all the counterfeits and opening all the wrong doors. And I thank you, Lord, that you have so much mercy for us, that you knew every mistake that we would make from the beginning of time and that you decided that the lamb was slain from the foundations of the world, that you decided decided before any of us breathed a breath that you were going to die for us because that's how worthy of value you see us and how much you love us, God. And so we thank you, Lord, and we just humble ourselves and we receive the gift that you gave us, God, that we don't need to take punishment for those things because you took it for us. And we just thank you so much for it, Jesus. And if there is anyone in this room that has not given their heart to Jesus, if they have not received the free gift of righteousness, they have not received the lamb, I invite you to receive him today. There is no better day than today. There's no better time than right now. And if you feel like it's on your heart that you want to rededicate your life to Christ, maybe there was a mind shift. Maybe there was something that the Lord did like, hey, wait a minute. No, I have been hoodwinked a little bit here. I have entered into confusion. If you want to rededicate your life to Christ, I invite you to do that. And those of you on the live stream, this is not about magic words or anything like that. Just say this prayer with us. It's not about the prayer. It's about saying yes to Jesus, yes to his free gift, and entering into relationship with him. So let's all repeat this together. Jesus, I thank you so much for dying on a cross to remove all my sin, all my shame, all my brokenness, all the errors of my ways, I give to you and I receive right now your free gift of righteousness, of life, of hope, of peace in you. I say yes to relationship with you and I invite you into my heart. Make me a new heart, Jesus. And I thank you so much for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you gave your life to the Lord, if you rededicated your heart to him, um, would you tell somebody, would you um, just uh, write it down or come, come tell someone, write it in the comments, um, you know, private message, whatever. Um, but uh, God is so good, amen. Salvation is like such, it's the most amazing gift in the entire world. Um, I, I want us to close our eyes one more time. Because I feel like the Lord wants to break some alignments and agreements that we might have made with some lies, with some perversion, some compromise, some deception, even confusion. I feel like the Lord wants to break confusion today. It's like he's not the author of confusion. That's the enemy. And we do not need to walk through this life confused. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, how do you want to do this?
yeah, just put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. If you, if you just want him to just break some alignments, just repeat after me. In Jesus' name, I break every agreement I've made with lies, with perversion, with compromise, with deception, with the spirit of the air. I break every agreement with that in Jesus' name. I break every agreement I've made with fear. I break every agreement I've made with confusion. In Jesus' name, I ask you to send these things away from me. In Jesus' name, and I thank you that I get your truth in exchange. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And I'm just going to impart right now, right now in the name of Jesus, I impart the gift of discerning of spirits right now in Jesus' name. I release right now the light of Christ. The two-edged sword that divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. I thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we just say more, Lord. More, God. More discernment. More light. More agreement with you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I thank you so much, God. You are so good. You are so amazing, so loving. You are the best dad ever best dad ever, 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 ever. I thank you for your endless patience with us, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are so good. I thank you, Lord, that you are not sitting on the throne looking at the earth worried, (laughs) that you are not like sweating. Oh, gosh, they're messing it up. But you've known from the beginning, God. Lord, we just put all of our trust in you right now. We put all of our trust in you right now. We just thank you so much for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen.